rip cast there, Jason. That's what they call it. The cool kids call it the rip cast. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that. Yeah, rip heads. The rip heads that are out there. Yeah. We got a few rip heads, I think. <laughs> rip heads. They're like the motor heads. That's right. July 11th, 2023 is the recording time. And uh, a year ago today, we lost the boss, E-Man, Ernie Pervetti. It's been a year? Yeah. Yep. I got the, I actually found out, Matt Francis sent me a text. Um, and that's how I found out in the morning. I want to say that, yeah, maybe, maybe Kevin, maybe Kevin Abbott told me. But yeah, that's a, I mean, I, I can't believe it's a year. It, so, you know, it goes by fast, unfortunately. I can't hear you. Yeah, I don't know what the issue is. I think it's a StreamYard issue because, like I said, I tried to go live and it kept saying uh, StreamYard was having issues. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, I'm hearing you perfectly, and then it, it, it did kind of disappear for a second. It comes back. Yeah, I think it's. I think it might be crap. We might have to just record this without going live. <clears throat> if it keeps acting up on us. Okay. But um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I have the RC car action up here. I thought it'd be pretty cool to go through. Um, Chili Duncan was kind enough to send me a lot of the... I, I asked for the issues from the 90s, so I thought it'd be cool to go through all them. Um, I've been having fun all week. <laughs> I was sending you stuff, photos and stuff. <laughs> a blast going through this stuff. It's Man, it brings back a lot of memories. Some, you know... You don't realize that it's been 24 years now from this issue, 99. It's like crazy. Like, again, back to the time flying. Unbelievable. I mean, 24 years. <clears throat> and you forget a lot of this stuff, and then you're scrolling through, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Forgot yeah, about you, know, that. you got right on the cover. You got Mugen's MBX4 was brand new. They're on the MBX8 right now. Yeah, I'm sure they're working on a nine. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Kyosho ATV quad racer. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be really cool to have this one up there because of the Losi bike out now. Yeah, there's the Losi dirt bike and there's the quad, <clears throat> which yeah. is pretty interesting. Trinity's Paradox power motor. Yeah, that was a big, big deal back then. This is from, you know, this is stuff that debuted at the Chicago show. Yeah. <clears throat> and the Paradox, man, we had a long line of people at the booth to see that. The first rebuildable stock motor. A lot of controversy with that. You know what's really funny is I paid zero attention to any of that. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I just wasn't really so much into the motor. <clears throat> horsepower side or maybe it's just my stock stock motor situation where i just never really paid attention to stock motors right yeah and, you're a mod yeah um and <clears throat> i guess i just didn't pay attention but i mean in those days i definitely <laughs> i could see it being and you know a lot of things trinity did in those days were controversial so but obviously it says, you know, 
And in those days, <laughs> it was all about, um, you know, the more you advertised in car action, the, the better of a, um, the more coverage you got in the magazine. And that was a big deal. Um, you know, more you, coverage, better reviews. Are you saying Jason? I don't know that you necessarily, you know, a lot of these companies that had the money to advertise that much. Uh, I think that <clears throat> they had good products. You know what I mean? I think very, very rarely did even did they have to say that the product wasn't good, but <clears throat> you know, I'm sure it was definitely, you're not going to give Trinity Proline team associated at the time team Lucy uh, to me, you're not going to give them too many bad reviews. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm sure you, you have to have your hits and misses, which we'll get to in the issue. That was kind of the way they described them. Um, but, but yeah, you can see who's on the cover here. You know, Trinity's on the cover. And I know um, the companies that I was close with, they always fought to get on the cover. And uh, that was like kind of pushing your weight around back in the day. You know, you, if uh, the more times you could get on the cover of car action like this, and I'm sure Trinity was on the cover their fair share amount of times I can get. That. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there used to be like, like Steve Pond and them would show up at Trinity and like, it'd be a big meeting mm-hmm. of how things were going to lay out for the year and stuff like that. You know, like what, I, I would imagine what they're going to spend for the year on ads and stuff like that. Was, yeah. The whole car action crew would show up in Jersey. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And, <clears throat> you know, and it was about who had the inside cover and the back was, I think, were the t- two most valuable spaces. So if you go to inside cover or back page, uh, those were usually the most valuable um real estate <laughs> when it comes to the magazine days. Yeah. I learned a whole new, I learned a lot um, in my days in the late nineties with the pro line guys and the owner, Todd Matson talking about car action. It was the same thing. He loved car action. And I learned a lot listening to them talk about it. And just there was, you know, there's magazine words uh, you know, cover spread, um, you know, you got the gutter, which is the center of the magazine. Right. Uh, you know, there's all these terms, you know, it's like wrestling, right? There's all these different terms (laughs) once you're uh, in that business and, uh, and, you know, you, you hear a lot about that and, you know, I'm sure in in those meetings you're talking about, um, with Big E and, and Steve Palm and the crew, they're bringing up all those types of things. And, um, Oh, it was a big deal too. Like, Oh, car action's coming. You had to, you know, yeah, you got to tighten up, tighten up a little bit. And, uh, I was never in those meetings, but yeah, it was pretty cool seeing those guys walk in and go right to the conference room mm-hmm. and they'd be in there for hours. So yeah, you figure out, you got to know what your budget is for the year. Um, you know, that determines what kind of, um, you know, And, you know, back then it takes a long time graphically to create ads. And, you know, our experience was much less in that side of things. You know, magazines, obviously it's still around today, car action being the one that is around. Um, 
but you know, we, we got into things a, a lot later, you know, being in 2003 as when we kind of got into the game, but um, in, in magazine ads weren't, um, you know, as critical uh, in, in my day, but we still did a bunch of them in, in the early J concepts days. And it's a lot of work to build an ad and then you have to submit it at a certain time. Um, I, there, there, there's actually a term for that too. Um, you know, when you have to have your ad in to make that next issue. And, and I'm sure that was a big thing. Uh, it was a big thing in the racing days, because if you had a big race that you won, you wanted to advertise it in the magazine, you had to get it, uh, get it there in time. Yeah. So it can make the issue. Otherwise it's kind of old. Well, you know, otherwise it'll wait a month, right? It's a long time Yeah. before it gets in. So, uh, making those deadlines and having a, I'm sure a, a plan for the entire year uh, was a big thing in those days. And it also, what it did is it secured a lot of different things, you know, in those days they had, um, <clears throat> you know, awards uh, that they gave out car action, gave the car action awards and the car action banquet at Chicago hobby show, which I'm sure you've been to, right? Yep. The banquet. Yep. And, that was a really big thing. I think I'm sure it cost them a ton of money to do that, but that was a big thing. You got your awards and, and, um, and, and of course we used to send Matt Francis up to get the uh, Kinwall driver of the year award. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, what, what was interesting is, um, in, in those days, you know, the more you advertise, the better your chances of winning their awards too. And so it, it was all kind of, yeah, it was all kind of a, um, you know, a, something that worked together. It was a well-oiled machine that, you know, the, the more money you put into the magazine, the more you could appear on the cover, the more awards you could get. Um, it's not that they didn't deserve them, but your chances were a lot greater, you know, um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I'll flip through some of these pages here. We'll go through it. Uh, it's pretty cool. Gonna have a lot of fun doing that. Um, oh yes, Jason Santos saying the notification bell is a wonderful thing. Yes, make sure you hit the notification bell. It works. It works on YouTube and Facebook. You know, when you look at this, that I remember the radio that's on the cover here. I believe that's a high tech radio. Um, right there in the center, but man, that thing is ugly. <laughs> Do you think back then you're like, no, because uh, I thought it was ugly like, back then, actually. I don't, I don't know, because yeah, Airtronics we, always had an awesome looking radio, yeah. We were still using probably the M8 during that, time. yeah, and that was way better looking than this thing, yeah. That thing's pretty ugly. I don't think you ever looked at this and thought, oh wow, that's that's pretty cool, beautiful radio. <laughs> Right. And then at the bottom, you'll see where what was starting to take over was touring car. <clears throat> and you can see them doing a review here, 12 low cost contenders, four wheel drive sport touring car guide. So that was starting to take over. And uh, I'm sure as the more months you go through here, um, more and more of those things um, 
you know, and this other thing right here, new for 99, that was a big thing. And if you were an advertiser, the more advertising dollars you spent, the bigger your pictures and the more you appeared in the new for 99, uh, which we'll get to. And because it's, it's a shopping guide is what, you know, is what it is. And that was how you got to the customers in those days was through the magazine yep. and through word of mouth. And that's how it was done. And again, this was after the Chicago show. This is stuff. So car action was at Chicago, taking all the photos and stuff on the new that gear was that was going to come out. Yeah, that was a big deal when we were in Chicago. You would, uh, you know, if if you were on car action's good side, they were all over you, you know, coming in and getting your new products to, to bring into their booth. And they had a photo studio set up there. They would shoot your new items. And uh, that's where they would appear in here, you know. So I think what was Chicago was in October. Yeah. So, you know, they had to, uh, in those days, you had to hightail it because uh, to get it out there by January of 99, um, I, I don't remember when this would come out. I guess December. Yeah, they're always like. They're a month, yeah, I think, a month uh, whatever it is. Uh, they're, you're, it's in December, but the issue is January. January, right. Yeah, but I they think want that's this issue to be, they want this, this issue came out before Christmas. Correct. Yeah, it would be December, early December. And uh, even though it said January, right. Yeah. And then, they, then that would be new for 99. And hopefully those items were out. And then that would be purchasing items that you could purchase during the holidays. <clears throat> Alex Sturgeon's here. He says he's got a collection of car actions from 1992 to 2007. Extreme RC and RC car too. Wow. It's a hell of a collection. Yeah, that reminds me of like, you know, the vacation movie. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, well, let's let's go to page two here and see what's up here. Uh, we got the and uh, I used to love. Now, when I got these magazines, I would read them front to back, back to front. I'd just go over it the whole time at school, like, and you couldn't wait for the next issue to come out. And I used to just go through them all, like check this out and see what's coming out. You know, mm-hmm. new for ninety nine, all the hottest gear from Chicago Hobby Show. Yep. Go through all the I think this Peterbilt truck here, man. I made the cover, Jason. How'd that make the cover? To me, man. I don't, I don't. I don't remember seeing that at the show, but maybe it was there. You know, when you went the the Tamiya booth was nice in Chicago. Yeah, they had one. Of, they had one of the larger ones, one of the nicer ones, and yeah, that was a great experience getting to see that. And there's the quad, and the quads over here. Yeah, you got your little directory here. The look how table, cool that looks. Little guys like table of contents or inside here of showing what's on the different pages, and yeah. then you got uh, the Peter Vieira. He was at that time the editor, and I used to read these too. I just never, never missed a page, man. <clears throat> yeah, so you I, got, didn't, I, I, I didn't go over here and read the edit. I didn't read all this stuff to the right. I didn't read about all that, but just the editorial. 
uh, Alex Sturgeon saying he carried uh, his every day in junior high and high school, made lots of lists of stuff to get with tower prices. <laughs> He's like, but tower says it's this much. And that's the thing. I, I, I would carry mine to school and you try to, you know, get your friends, you know, Hey, look at this, look at this, you know? Um, and some of them thought it was cool, but majority of my friends were like, it either hits you or it doesn't. Yeah. Right. It, it's like, I remember when I would show my mag magazine like this to people in school, cause I did the same thing and you know, they would look at it and they'd pick out the cars. And it's like, Oh, how about this thing? What do you think of this? I'm like, Oh, that's a piece of junk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like what's appealing to them was completely opposite of what was appealing to me. I would say, "Hey, check this out!" You know, and they like, "What's that?" Like, "Oh no, this is badass. This is really good." And they're just like, "No, no, I like this over here." And it's just like some, you know, crappy vehicle they're advertising that they just yeah. need. <laughs> Yeah, Alex is correct. Uh, showing them, showing the girls' car actions did not impress them at all. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't work. Yeah, maybe it worked for Jason. I don't know. <laughs> um, no. It definitely did not. Yeah, but you know what? I think it also it depends what you're focused on, and I wasn't focused on that side of it. Um, I was focused on the RC part of it. I wasn't focused on the, the girl part of it. And, and if they were impressed or not, I was just like, this is what I'm into. I didn't care, you know, <laughs> one way or another. Well, Alex tried. It didn't work out well. <clears throat> yeah, he ended up doing all right, though. <laughs> so uh, in here, Peter's saying, uh, speaking of powerhouses, motor... Uh, I don't know what that word says there. Anyway, Trinity has a bold new concept for stock motor racing that is sure to stir controversy. Yeah, Steve I mean, Pond examines the hardware. Yeah, I mean, it shows you. I mean, those are the names right there. I mean, you got Trinity. You're on the cover. You're mentioned in the starting line uh, by the editor. Uh, you got a whole article by Steve Pond. I mean, you're kind of owning the situation here. You know what I right. mean? Um, we are setting the narrative. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it shows you how that works. Controlling the media. That we did. That's what you guys were. I mean, that's what Trinity was good at. They were always really, really, they were better at that. And um, it paid off. At that time, it paid off. Uh, let me just catch up on some of these. We got some YouTubers in here too now, so YouTube's uh, growing a little. It's popping. Yeah, I like to see that. Uh, Brett Ryan saying that uh, needed to take a chair with me to the news age news agent to read car action. I, I assume he means newsstand to read car action. So expensive car action in Australia. Wow. What was the price of car action in Australia back then? Here on this cover, it says four ninety nine US. And think about that then, now. So I, I guess nine ninety nine. Does it say on the cover? I think it does. I don't know. I'll take a look here. Um, Four ninety five in U.S. and Canada was five ninety five. Okay. I, I think, maybe I think now it's in the eight or nine dollar range, maybe ten. For the car action now, 
I think so. And it's like, wow, I got to go check that out because my uh, local grocery store here has it. Yeah. And I always bust chili because it's like so thin now compared to back then. Oh, yeah. Back then it was a book, man. That it was massive. It's freaking awesome. I couldn't wait for it to come out. Mm hmm. Uh, Chris checking in from YouTube says uh, he's been waiting to catch one of these live. I'm living in the ghost of RC Pass as well. That's what I do. And raced with Todd Hodge back in the day in Youngstown, Ohio. He's in the in the good old days. No. Nope. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for that type of thing. And Twenty four years ago, right? So, Jason, on this page here, it's pretty funny because I was checking this out. Uh, this is the reader right. Uh, readers right, so you can write in there and ask a question or whatever. Um, I thought this one was pretty funny. This guy here wants the – he. okay, let me just read it. Smoke gets in your eyes, it's titled, and it says, I want to get a bowling funny car. I want the tires to look like they are smoking, <laughs> but I don't – but I don't really want the tires to smoke. I want to put something in the car that pours thick white smoke out of the rear wheels. Rear wheel wells. Do you know of a way I could do this? It has to be cheap, light, safe for the car. So the dude wants the car to look like it's smoking, man. Are we doing that today, making those drag cars look like they're smoking, or are they smoking? I think they just actually smoke. They just smoke now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll just skip ahead to page five here. Oh, look at this, Jason. Reader we got drag. There you go, drag car. Uh, LAPD, funny car dragster. Yeah, yeah, all the way at the bottom, you got the guy six wheeling. He's got uh, kind of his little monster trucks built. Yeah, look at that. Traxxas Stampedes have been modified. Yep, he's got two transmissions on the back of them. Unreal. Yeah, I mean, this is the type of thing that was, which was really good. You know, what was interesting here is they were, they'd have to get these photos in from people. And I guess you'd have to scan them and then you'd have to in, insert it into your documents that you're writing. This is a lot of work. <laughs> this is a lot of work doing what they did to build these magazines. Yeah. And the person had to take the photo, go get it developed. Yeah, that's. Send you know, it in. And it was yeah, probably like. You probably th this dude probably sent it in like a year ago from there from this date. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, and you just kind of have a pile of them, and you just start picking <laughs> right. what you want to use at the at certain times. Yeah, we got at the bottom. You can see with the the touring car stuff, the on road cars, stadium truck there, and we got the um, <clears throat> at the bottom. The guy's got a which is I guess a B three and a Lucy double X four, so. He's got it labeled as almost twins. Yep. He has wimpy motors inside there. And gonzo batteries. Gonzo batteries and wimpy motors. <laughs> I remember that was a combination you could <laughs> race with. <laughs> oh, man. MIP CVDs. You had to have them. Alex, Alex talking to Emerson Stadium truck was smoking out the back on Sunday. <laughs> smoking. Uh, Benjamin saying in the chat here, he got in trouble for hiding car actions in my school books and reading them. Yes. Hmm. Absolutely. I, I didn't hide them in the books, but I used to just get in trouble for 
having them out on the desk and teachers talking and I'm just flipping through the pages. You're just like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't trying to hide the situation at all. Um, where am I at here? Here we go. Yeah. This is the pit tips. You stop. Some of these were always comical. Um, I mean, look at this again, though. I mean, this is a ton of artwork that they have yeah. to create yeah. here. Uh, this is all custom artwork that is to go along with um, the pit tip um, car stand. And, you know, basically saying don't have flat spots in your tires, so you set it on a car stand. Yep. Um, recharge your radio. I mean, that's these are all custom drawings that uh, are really amazing. Uh, Jim Newman drew these up. Credit to Jim. Maybe he's out there still. <clears throat> yeah, some it would, work. yeah, it would be cool to see. I, I mean, I'm sure he's just there's just hundreds and hundreds of these things throughout the years. And up here, it's sponsored by Max Tech. Yeah. Pit tips, and this one here, I like this motor one. You put, uh, he wants to keep uh, keep it clean in the motor, so they're telling him to put some gauze around it. Yeah, did you ever funny. do that, Jason? No, I did not. Okay. I always thought it looked too ugly. I'm like, I'm not putting that on my motor. That's that looks way too just you know, <laughs> too bad. Just uh, Alex Sturgeon saying Max Tech had the best smelling motor spray. By the way, I remember something about that. Brent Ryan saying RC car action, the Bible for RC ads and some great content. Arg, the memories. Right. He's right. Jason Santos saying pit tip, having trouble adjusting the servo horn on your RC 10, drill a hole in the tub for screwdriver access. The cardinal sin of the RC 10, drilling a hole in your chassis for the servo horn screw. Oops. We talk about that all the time in the, um, as a joke, because sometimes you'll see a good vintage car for sale and you're looking right away. Did they put the hole in it in the chassis? And I mean, so many times the car you're looking at will probably have a hole drilled in the side of the tub to <laughs> access the servo horn. And, uh, man, Oof. you know, what's funny is it makes a lot of sense to do that too. It just, for whatever reason, it was just like, you know, sacrilege or whatever the right word is to <laughs> to do that to your chassis. Uh, John Bolton's in the chat room now. He says, what's up? Got I saw him. He was running some, looks like he's been running some dirt oval, I think, recently. So that's cool. He's been getting back out on the track. Hey, he's out there promoting Rip. Got the logo flying. Uh, head over to page eight. More, some more pit tips. And some cool drawings. Look at this. What do we got here? Yeah, he's just he's talking about putting foam spacers in your storage box so it doesn't come out. Yeah. Did you ever do the transmitter tote on the side of your toolbox? I did not do that. 
put some hooks on the side of your toolbox for your transmitter. Nope. Wasn't <laughs> Dude, I want somebody to do that today. Be awesome. Have that little red toolbox like that, you know, like a, and then put the hooks in there. I had a red one like this. And you get to the bar hop here. For some reason, I think it's, I don't know what he's hammering out there, but I can't. It says, uh, make your own battery bars by flattening out a number eight or a number 10 copper wire. Okay. Holes may be drilled in the ends of the bars to help solder flow. There you go. I remember getting braid. You know, it was just a big braided wire that was flat. And we used to fill that with solder and then put it on the battery cells. That was a ton of work. Like you'd sit there with the, the braided flat wire and then just feed solder into that thing and just, right. just keep feeding solder until that, that uh, braided wire had it and just, man. And no matter kind of how good you were with the soldering iron, it never looked that great. No, it never looked good. Um, let's see. We got a break in rig cover up. What's this here? Uh, <clears throat> they want you to put another spring at the bottom of your shock so it doesn't bottom out. But oh, I mean, okay, yep. But in all reality, you just bottom out another spring. <laughs> you just bottom out sooner. Right. All right. Uh, we got some more. Uh, this is troubleshooting, so you can write in the car action and get some help. Months after just, your issue. <laughs> I mean, just amaz amazing artwork here again. Right. Nice, nicely laid out. The troubleshooting at the top, just great graphics, nicely laid out. Um, this guy's saying, uh, I have a problem and I hope you can help me. I, I run an associated RC10 GT. Maybe you can help this guy, Jason. I can. And for, <laughs> for about a year and a half, I've always had the difficulty with the spur gear. I've probably gone through 20 spurs since I started running my truck. I have used Loctite and all the screws, so nothing's coming loose or moving around. I use 64-pitch gears, but I really like to find a stronger gear or metal spur. Well, I mean, if, if he's using 64-pitch gears, I don't know how he did that, unless that was a typo. Well, he's saying in here it's impossible to have 64-pitch gears on the RC10 GT. The RC10 GT comes with 32-pitch gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you need, yeah, so that was the answer, right? Right. Um, yeah. yeah, what you need to do is more than likely he didn't have his gear mesh tight enough was one, and then the motor staying in position, uh, two. Um, <laughs> this, this is uh, funny. Um, your screws in the spur gear, that was a pain in the butt on that truck, was the way the spur gear was made and the screws were so short that went through the spur gear into the slipper plate. If you didn't have those things uh, loctited and done properly, that was going to be a problem. And, um, <clears throat> and I think the chassis flexed back there too. So I think later on in the later years, they started bracing the transmission to the rear mount uh, through, um, through to the front of the brake assembly i think the the big brace that they had later um and then as alex says the slipper was could be way too tight too um let's see so he's also saying the next possible solution to this jason is that you've confused the model name of your truck 
and that you're actually running an electric drug. There you go. If that's the case, then it's then it's at least possible that you could be running 64 pitch gears, but I still wouldn't recommend it. You would not want to run anything finer than a 48. Yeah, I mean, that's a good so, Yeah, maybe he uh, thought he had a nitro, but it's actually electric. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible <laughs> to know it all, right? Right. Uh, I'll just scroll through here, see what else we got. Yeah, the guy's having issues with the stampede. And, uh, the other guy has a tire eating. I like that artwork right there for the uh, slow mo stampede. It's amazing. Jim Newman puts his autograph right there. Great stuff. Yeah. We need to look them up. And this is interesting here. Apparently, Serpent.com had a uh, had a nice little setup. I think from you know, according to when you're reading this here, it says uh, totally a totally new Team Serpent Network website is a lot like our Vector Spec 99, which I think we saw an ad back there for Spectre 99. Fast and powerful and loaded. So their new website is fast, powerful, and loaded. Uh, you can customize the homepage. See which friends are online, which is pretty trick for 99. And jump <laughs> into the chat and discuss important topics like fuel con- fuel consumption. <laughs> Jesus. Consumption. Tires and which race has the best track food. So you could discuss that too. And you can ask the pros technical questions with racer forms. So I, I never was on uh, Serpent's website back then. Me either. If anybody was, uh, let us know uh, how it was. I could go back in the, uh, maybe I could find it on Wayback, uh, the Wayback machine later. Uh, some more. And this is the RC Doctor. Uh, tips, tips, and more tips. And helicopter. I remember seeing that ad just thinking, I don't care about helicopters. (laughs) Seriously, that's all I would ever think about. Yeah, because you already knew it was like impossible to fly the thing. It's like, who cares? Yeah, next. (laughs) Right, and here here we go. The new for 99. Look who's number one. Look at that. Trinity Paradox Pro Motor. And see who's number two. Proline Sedan Slicks. Then Tamiya, boom. And Tamiya with the clear mini shocks. That shows you right there your top advertisers. But yeah, there's the Trinity Paradox. Now that we announced the Trinity Paradox, and this is the Pro Motor. So this was tuned, dyno tuned, and then it uh, the brushes. It came with the hard compound serrated brushes, and the uh, shunts were soldered to the motor. And he got the little dyno readout from the machine with it. And if you're lucky, uh, maybe you got Kirby Hand's autograph on it. Lucky. Back then. I think there was six people, five or six people working in the motor department at this time. Dynoing motors. Dynoing motors, putting these together, getting them ready. You, you just have trays of them, and you have to go through each one. Dyno, solder, you know, put the brushes in. Um, make sure you put the dyno readout for each motor in there. So this, uh, this is the paradox pro and then, uh, which, uh, they do an in-depth review of the paradox in the later, later in the issue here. And here is the associated TC three touring car, which, um, at the Chicago show, a big deal. 
Yeah, I mean, I was a part of that. Um, I had driven the car. Um, I was one of the only people that had driven the car uh, outside of Associated. I uh, was in uh, Las Vegas running a touring car race, and Cliff came out there to run with me after the race uh, just to kind of see. You know, they didn't want, like, a, the Mark Pavitas or one of those guys to drive it at that point because they wanted to see um, what it was going to be like if somebody that was a good driver but somebody that wasn't going to um, tell them something that they didn't want to hear. Um, so Cliff wanted me to drive this thing. And uh, it was a prototype at that time. And then uh, what happened is when we went to the hobby show, um, Gene, who you know obviously was one of the owners, anytime he needed a testimonial, he would come to me in our booth and talk to us about this car. He would say, tell me what you told me about the touring car to this person. So it might be a distributor in like, you know, Germany, or they would come over and they would ask, you know, Gene would say, tell them the story about the car. And then I would tell them how the car drove and what happened with it. And, you know, then Gene would be all happy and they'd go away and get some more back orders. Right. It's all about getting the back orders, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe when you're looking at this car here, this is the beginning of 3d printing. Um, there's this car in this picture, I think is, if I remember correctly, is still the prototype car um, with a lot of 3D printed parts on it here. So they started taking orders for this car very early. And I think that it made, there were still many changes after this point. And I wouldn't be surprised this is one of their more expensive projects uh, to that point. In, in the in the business and um, I think it paid off for them though they this when this thing finally did come out um, they were killing it Adam's saying uh, he saw the car at the 99 Chicago show they wouldn't let anyone touch it and I think that was because when they were handling <clears throat> it they broke it when they put it into the cabinet there at the Chicago because I think they had oh it no yeah, I think they had it in a case, and somehow that when they handled it wrong, they broke it and had to glue it together. So you had to be like a distributor, or you had to be like, you know, one of the the big wigs of one of these distributors to, for Gene to actually take it out of the cabinet and show right. it to you. But um, yeah, so that was the that was the whole thing. Uh, it says the TC3 is expected to be released in two versions, the TC3 Sport and the TC3 Team Edition. Yeah. I believe the Sport was a much bigger box, had a body with it and some other things. And then I don't remember exactly. And I think that the Team Edition was a smaller box and no body. Okay. Well, the next page we got the... There's that Team. ugly radio we're talking about. <laughs> the high-tech RCD Lynx 3D transmitter. High-tech's eagerly anticipated Lynx. So I that mean, was it's like it's like the radio has an iPad 
sitting on the, the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, uh, so it's highly anticipated. So a lot of people were expecting, you know, they were waiting for this to be released. Uh, 10 model memory, large LCD display. Definitely large. High quality dual conversion, three channel receiver, NICAD transmitter batteries, dual rate steering, anti-lock brakes, blah, 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 blah. And uh, built-in timer with up and down countdown. 229 it was. Not bad. Uh, and there you go. Team Lucy I mean, NXT. For a second. Oh. I, was, I was considering buying a a new radio about a week ago before I went to this um, open house at Bigfoot. I was thinking about buying a new Futaba radio, actually. Mm. And to buy the new Futaba radio, I forget the name of it, like 10, I don't know. It, it's like a combination of letters and numbers. I can't think of it. Somebody will say it here in the chat. But it was like... I want to say it's around seven hundred dollars. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a lot. It, it was very expensive. And I mean, you think about that. I mean, that was supposed to be a high end radio at the time. There, would you say it was two twenty something? Two twenty nine. And you know, today they're seven hundred. So uh, obviously, it can't. You know, today it comes with a receiver too, and. But, you know, that one came with a receiver also. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's Alex saying it's a 10X. Uh, so, yeah, they're really expensive. It seems like almost like the radios have gone up more. Um, the radios have gone up more. What was that it said that was there was a price on the TC3? Did they give an example? Oh, yeah. Um, no, it says call for price. Or wait, hold on. <laughs> call for price. <laughs> You know it's expensive then. Uh, it says they give you the part numbers, and it says, yeah, it says call for pricing. Yeah, that's never a good sign when it says call for pricing. We got the team-associated .12 engine. I never ran one of those, but I know Gene, Gene spent a ton of time on that engine because I have a video, um, some DVDs of when he went to visit Thunder Tiger, who I think um, built that engine for them. And he spent a lot of time with Thunder Tiger making that engine. Uh, is, is, I believe that's the same one. Ton of time. Type R, we're at. Yeah. Um, Reedy's rebuildable stock class motor. Yeah, see, they weren't the only, you know, see. The- yeah, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, why did we get so much flack? So what's kind of we- ironic about this is it's still. Reedy just about a about a week ago they released new information on their latest brushless seventeen five. They call them spec motors now, which I hate the term spec for some reason. But yeah, they call them uh, it's a seventeen five uh, new seventeen five and thirteen five. But I guess the whole lineup is called spec. So I get it. Um, so it's a new motor can design um, tagged armature and bell can only. Provide 24 degrees of timing, no cheating. Lay down style brushes, no new medium diameter commutator, and large open end bell. Call for info. I'm trying to figure out why we got so much heat though, because there was a lot of stink about that paradox. Because it was just Trinity, I guess, right? Probably. Yeah. Reedy flew under the radar. 
Yeah, um, I'm not sure it, it it only sold a fraction of the amount. I'm man, sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm remember. Sure I'm sure you guys sold. Um, oh, tons, dude! So many of those. I just don't remember this like anybody talking about it at the show. Like we didn't have any emergency meetings like we did when Novak released her brushless motor. You know, there was no meeting like, oh, Reedy's got the Type R motor. Like, okay. I just don't. They're more like, it's Reedy, who cares? They won't advertise it enough to compete with us. <laughs> <laughs> that was the truth, too, probably. All right, let's go to the next page here. We're going to pick up the pace a little. Um, you talked about the Losey NXT up there. Well, that was a big deal, right? The NXT? Yeah, I think so. It was all right. Um, here's the next page. Thunder Tiger we got up there with their 8-scale off-road buggy prototype. Yeah, I remember that. That's kind of wasn't the nicest car, that's for sure. Uh, Turbo th- Turbo Thirty Five Charger. That was, that was a, big a big deal. deal. Yeah, big deal. I don't know if I ever had a Turbo Thirty Five, but I definitely had the Turbo Thirty. I'm sure the Turbo Thirty is the one that everyone thinks of. Correct. Yeah. This uh, associated 10L3 uh, touring car here, sport touring car. I remember working on that project a little bit in my spare time with uh, associated kind of so they could. um, I remember kind of rebuilding the drawings because they never had a lot of that car designed as a um, CAD model. So I worked on the CAD model for that for them. Uh, the ST is based on the same design as the L3, 10L3. Its width and wheelbase has been modified to allow it to fit under a standard 190 millimeter carbon or a touring car body. Yeah. This will be inexpensive alternative touring car. Uh, Alex Sturgeon uh, said he felt like a badass when he had his Turbo 35. Uh, Chris said he just sold his old t- Turbo 35 on eBay, Jason. There you go. He he uh, he didn't know what he had. Still on the new for ninety nine. There's the JR Racing XR three FM radio. Mm-hmm. Now, are you gonna go with, if you had between the two? Go high tech or this one? Which one are you going? Oh man, they're both hideous. Yeah, that's that's why. <laughs> that's why I mentioned it. Uh, associated RC twelve L three oval. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe that was the one I worked on. It was one. Of, maybe they're probably the same damn thing. I don't it's know. Twenty-four years, man. It's tough to remember this stuff. And then you got the ten L three on road down here, man. Associated was busy. Yeah, it was definitely a ten scale car that I remember working on with them. Yeah, I can't imagine working on twelve. And I got the prices on the on these associated kits, but not the TC three. Yeah, it was too. They weren't far enough along to have an actual price, probably. I would imagine that that top right corner, those bodies there, that was probably my handiwork, working on those things, getting those, I uh, worked on those designs a little bit with the designer of those. Oh, the pro line? The guy that made the molds on those bodies, I think I worked on that with them. Oh, wow. And um, I probably cut those bodies out right there, put the stickers on. Like you can... It looks like it looks like the style, you know. You got the Traxxas decal, the Pro Line, the PL. 
Got the pro line on the top of the hood in the front. It's a Ford. Here we go. This is where the Trinity ads start up. Yeah, they start to build right here. So we're still in the new for 99 section. And we got the uh, Ofta Nitro Mini Colt four-wheel drive. Yeah, that thing looks pretty bad. Fiber, fiberglass disc brake, Colt 12 engine with pull start. Pull start. There you go. I can see him pulling it and pulling the car with it and <laughs> just goes flying. Team Orion's modified motor lathe. There you go. I remember those. Kind of looks like our Trinity lathe now that I'm looking at it. So now we have a 36 degree stock, 27 turns, 22. Which, by the way, these sold like hotcakes. 22. Gauge wire, <laughs> 6.0 wet magnets, LCG flat motor can, e-brushes, tweak springs, dyno tune, capacitor installed, and motor tube with dyno printout. Very fast and very scary. <laughs> Speed counts. You know what it does? Meets all specs, Norca. Uh, Jason Santos saying, I love that Pro-Line Ford truck body for the Stampede, Jason. There you go. Uh, Crystal has the old Trinity lathe. It sort of looks like the Team Orion one, right? I I, I, don't, know, that correctly, so. I don't remember the Trinity lathe very well. <clears throat> uh, Jason Santos saying, uh, RC Correction did a Project Jump Truck somewhere in 2000 with a super hopped-up Stampede with that body. And OG mashers. I wanted to build one like it back then. Yeah, the mashers, the OG mashers, that was a cool tire. V tread for 2.2 wheels. And I remember I worked on the Masher 2000. That was the one that I worked on. The Masher 2000. Which, you know, if it's 99, 2000, it makes sense, right? Yeah. It was Y2K ready. It was Y2K ready. <laughs> I'm still, oh, it still bugs me in that car kit. Why didn't that get approved? Tony P didn't like it. I said, how can you not like it? He asked me for a tagline. I said, Y2K Pro, or Y2K, Y2K Ready. Perfect. Uh, Alex Sturgeon saying he sold my Trinity Leaf for way too cheap when Brushless took over. Should have just kept it. Oh, okay. wonder what they're selling for on eBay. I'm pretty sure they're expensive. And uh, go to the next page here. We're here on page another 22. Trinity ad. Another <laughs> that's not sitting in the startup here. Yeah, it's starting. It's it's rolling in. <laughs> so we're still on new for 99. This is uh, going to be a little hard for the people on the audio version listening to this podcast. But uh, you have to just go to Facebook or YouTube and watch it. Um, so new for 99, still going on. Tekken G10 Pro. Um, uh, I don't think I ever had that speed control. Yeah, that thing looks ugly too. Uh, the G10 Pro can talk to your PC via its data tuning port, and it's lighter than the original. More trick features may be added as Tekken gets a G10 Pro ready for the worlds. Ready for the world will keep you informed. 
Yeah, this is uh, I like I like looking down at the TRC ad. It says mm-hmm. uh, Team Losi Street Weapon Touring Foams, and that was because that car took a special wheel over a regular touring car. You had to have a different wheel for that car. Oof. So they had to make foams specially for that thing. And then this is very typical of a Trinity ad in those days. Do you race your touring car on carpet or are you just tired of the new rubber tire of the week game? That was very typical of the way that they would run, uh, do their ads. It was always taking a shot at something. (laughs) Loved it. And uh, new for 99ers, a Team Losey street weapon. That's your uh, on-road. This is the world's uh, edition here. Yeah, that's when David Spichette probably won that World Mm -hmm. Cup thing. IWTC um, edition. I don't really even remember that car, honestly. Um, I'm sure it was a pretty limited run. So it has a new zero-degree front bulkhead, new front hub carriers, a Team Losi Dodge Stratus body. Yeah. I drive a Dodge Stratus. I'm in charge of 25 people. <laughs> uh, titanium turnbuckles, Jason. This has titanium, but does not have the aluminum turnbuckles uh, that I was uh, very fortunate to experience at one time. That's a problem, Yeah. <laughs> Here's another body I worked on, the F-150 street truck touring car body. Oh, the Proline Ford F-150. You worked on this? Mm-hmm. Nice. I mounted that right there. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. You can see my decal style and then putting the number, the fancy number in front of the rear wheel well. Wow. Um... Looking to give your uh, touring car chassis a different look? Take a gander at the faithful reproduction of a custom street truck that you would see cruising around the boulevards or motoring along a California freeway. There you go. As you can see, the body has a cap over the bed. Very cool. Yeah. I don't even know if that thing ever sold. (laughs) Honestly, I don't remember. I mean, maybe. You didn't launch it? I guess it was out. I guess it was out. I don't remember. But I don't remember there being a lot of excitement for that. John Bolton saying the Dodge Stratus body was the one to have in touring car back then. It was. There was about four of those things. Um, Andy's had the first one, the Andy's Dodge Stratus. And then um, then Losey basically updated it, changed it. A very little, and that's what came with this car. Then Protoform soon had a Stratus, which was really nice. The Protoform one was really nice. And um, then Proline, which was really the same, they basically made an identical copy to the Stratus. Um, there was a bunch of them out there. That's not, that's even before HPI probably had one. Uh, I mean, there was a bunch of Stratuses. That was the thing. That was the first had-to-have body. Well, it wasn't really the first, but it was because I want to say there was a couple before that, but yeah. 
Jason Santos saying, I still had the protoform stratus from my TC3. Yeah, I, I like that body. That was a really nice one. I thought at the time it was it wasn't a direct copy of the of the Andy Stratus or that Losi Stratus, um, and and it looked it, it looked nice. Alex Sturgeon bought the Plymouth version of the Stratus in real life because of RC touring cars. Worst car I ever had. Brutal. So, so Chris is saying, I think the Alpha, uh, Losi made an Alpha body. That, I ran that a little bit in those days, and it was really short in the back of the Losi Alpha. I remember that was like the hot body for a while. Hot bodies. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. <laughs> Man, 99 edition's packed. And there's the charger you had to have, right? The Novak Millennium. Yeah, nice looking charger, functioned nice, was small. Um, ironically, though, like when you go to the bottom right here, there is the the Eagle, um, the Indy Eagle chargers. Those are really popular in those days because it was you could just plug it straight in. You didn't need a uh, um, you didn't need a power supply for that charger. Oh, okay. These big, these super nitro RS4, that's when HPI was kind of clicking on all cylinders and they were just, they were just blowing out new bodies left and right. They were trying new cars, new scales. They were just, they were throwing everything against the wall in those days. Um, next page, we got the, uh, oh. Novak Sport speed controls, the Fusion, Reactor, and Explorer. I remember them selling like hotcakes at the hobby shops. Which one? The the Sport sp controllers, at least in my area at the time. Everybody had the Fusion one. Yeah. And the, and the Reactor, those two. Uh, MaxTech releasing a uh, Shockwave modified motor. LRP with their uh, charging available. Um, molded tire inserts, Kawada. Yeah, I remember those Kawada tile and tire inserts. <laughs> Moving along here, Novak also man, Novak was releasing. Yeah, I mean they were one of the big figures yeah. at that point. There's the Victor Enge Victor Engineering IQ3 charger. I mean, those had a great reputation when I started racing in like 1990. I never had one, but I people love those things. I thought I thought it was I thought it looked old in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> like compared to like a turbo, you know, was the first one a turbo were they all uh, turbo 30s or was it a turbo 20 or 25? I what? remember the all oh, competitions. I remember the the we used to just call them the turbo. We didn't really, you know, you kind of shortened it after a while. Yeah, it was a little it was the little white one with the yeah, turbo uh 
Yeah. Well, Competition Electronics was the name of the company. And right. The, name of the charger was the Turbo. Um, but then they went to that Turbo 30, which I guess it had the ability to charge to 30 amps. It must have been something like that. I don't I don't. I don't remember. I think the first one was a Turbo 20, or I don't remember. Turbo 25, I don't know. Somebody help out in the chat. Turbo Flex, Justin Doyle said. Turbo Flex. <laughs> That's like Justin Doyle. Turbo Charger, what an amazing time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. The, Turbo the Flex high, was the mini one. The, high, the Victor Engineering high IQ to me, it just looked, it looked old when I... yeah. When I started racing, I'm like, dude, these guys have been in it forever. <laughs> <laughs> We'd show up with our turbochargers and they were like, we were like the young, you know, the young pups. Yeah, Jason Santos is saying it was uh, the turbocharger and then the turbo 30. So it was just the turbocharger. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, last page for the new for 99. Got the GM Racing Commander Charger. It's all about the Chargers, man. It's all about the Chargers in here, definitely. In 99, you had to have a new Charger. Um, John Bolton saying, if you went to the Competition Electronics website back then, the splash page showed the bowling the bowling side link and then their RC Charger side link. Interesting. I don't remember ever going to their website. Me neither. Um, Santos is saying, I just shared a pic of my high IQ on the uh, 10 talk Facebook page the other day. We had a, we had a turbo matcher, which was to match the batteries. That's probably what they used at Trinity. I would imagine. Correct. You just had a bunch of turbo matchers, but we had, we had one filled with them. Yeah. Yeah. We had one turbo matcher at my house that my mom used to use. She loved matching batteries. Really? Like, oh, yeah. She she would. I I hated him, and she loved matching batteries. She'd just go up there, put them in there, run the cycles. Or wow, she loved it. Yeah, you should have seen the. Well, you you know, but, but I mean, the battery department at Trinity was just yeah, turbo matchers all over the place. You know, and it's just crazy looking. Uh, Mike Woods is saying he uh, he has a turbo turbo matcher still. He's just and start he's still matching, matching batteries still. Yeah, he should start matching some. <laughs> Gonzo Motors and Wimpy Batteries. Let's bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I am. <laughs> He's like, he is. Mike Wood says he's still matching batteries. <laughs> Screw it. I'm matching them. <laughs> All right. This is the Kyosho Quad ATV. Oh, gosh. Here we go. I, I know some of you guys were asking for a quad version of the Losi bike. On the last pod, so Kyosha did it already. Go out there and get one. It was out in 99. 99, eBay. Let's see, how much was it back then? Is it the. Uh, I can't even read that price on there. I think it says 400. 425. Yeah, I mean, what, what you're really seeing here is that the pricing today is not really all that. Um, expensive, I mean, outlandish, I guess you could say, when you figure in, Oof. yeah, when, when you figure in a lot of the inflation and all that, it's not, it's not crazy. 
Oh, wow. Chris is saying the driver on this Kyosho moved. Let's just go to the hits and misses on this thing. Likes and dislikes. There you go. Oh, am I there? Yeah. Okay. Likes. Scale looks. Fun, exotic vehicle. Exotic. Right. It's exotic. This is exotic. It's like a model. Uh, <laughs> it's factory pre-assembled speeds. Factory pre-assembled speeds building time. It has a ball differential. And an open frame design, low parts count, and easy to work on. That that open frame. Chain and it has a chain and a, everything. Um, that, I know. I, I saw that and I was like, dang, look at this. Dislikes, foam tire inserts not included. Oh, bummer. Uh, included oil is too light for the rear shock. That's stuff that's easy to. And then uh, painting the rider figure is a pain. I would bet you it was. Dude, and Jason Santos nails it. Dislikes <laughs> Kyosho, Jason said. <laughs> he ain't lying. But Mike Woods is saying that looks cool. I mean, with the body on, it looks okay. Yeah, without the body. Good God. Yeah, look at that thing. There's just junk everywhere. <laughs> Um, it comes with ProLine's Dirt Hog tires. Yeah, this is where you start to see the, the, the products start to drift into the ads. I don't know. That's it for the... Uh, well, I want to go back to it real quick and see what the final thoughts were. Looking for something new and different and fun, then Kyosho's quad ATV rider may just be what you were looking for, Jason. Mm-hmm. Starting with its partially assembled chassis and ending with its true-to-scale appearance, the quad ATV rider has a lot going for it. These features add reliability, durability, and you have an awesome recreational RC vehicle. Mm-hmm. All right. It looks awesome. <laughs> Tamaya Mini Coopers on the next now, page. Now, these things were cool. Yeah. Never, yeah. never drove one. They they drove really nice. We, we used to race these at the hobby show. Oh, is this where uh, Kevin Nash was racing? Remember when we or had was, the, we had the races at the Chicago show? Yeah, this is what we would be racing. Oh, I thought it was the Bullwink uh, Legend cars. Yeah, this is what we ran. So this is what Kevin when Kevin Nash was there, right? He was trying to drive this around the track. Yeah, I was there for that. Yep. <clears throat> That's the year that I went up to the Traxxas booth and I asked if I could drive the Stampede or the Rustler because they had a try me track and the guy was telling me how hard it was and I might not be able to do it and um, that I probably, they can't let me drive it. And then I won the mini race and with the, um, <laughs> I, you know, you know, and everybody raced, you know, it's like right. Joel's out there and me and Scott Hughes and Barry Baker and all the guys that were there. I won the mini race and the guy just comes up to me and he's like, well, I guess you do know how to drive. You can come over here and drive the other ones if you want. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, give me that. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. <laughs> All right, so the likes on this uh, Tamiya Mini Cooper was Tamiya quality, always a standout. 
and very easy to build. And the dislikes is the steering servo sits a bit high, but where else can you put it? Cramped quarters for electronics, even if you're using the smallest of components, Jason. You know what's weird is it has more dislikes than likes. Um, there's two. No, it's two. It oh, just okay, looks okay, like, okay. yeah, it looks like there's a lot there because okay. yeah, the long bullet point there. All right. Then we got the Mugen on the next page, the MBX4. Got a, San, a Sanyo ad here with the uh, push nuclear power. Uh, oh, this is competition RC imports ad, right? With the Mugen. Um, yeah, you're, you know, winning is no longer a dream. You just have to have these batteries and you're good to go. That's right. Winner, winner of the 98 Florida Winter Champs, two wheel drive stock. Yeah, I'd have to verify that. <laughs> uh, and winner of numerous club races, regional races, and national races. So we got club races, regional and national. Nuclear power. Hey, and they, they, they've won more than most in the business these days. <laughs> <laughs> here's a I like that though, to put the club races in. Here's a blank pit. Here, here's an ad from Associated. Blank. What is this thing? Oh man. Tech racing. How would you say that? The Vogard GT. Vogard GT? Is that how you say that? I guess. Wow. George Gonzalez, good old George, is doing the report on this one. So a short time ago, Tech Racing entered the U.S. touring car market with their Vogard T10 touring car. A tuned-down version of their top-of-the-line Vogard T10 RS that is sold in Japan. Okay, if they say so. Yeah, I'm over that one already. <laughs> Tens of sold. <laughs> uh, John Bolton saying, did Ernie's company make the Fortune 500 a few years? Um, I don't know how many. I know we. I know they made the Fortune 500 because they used to have it, it in the lobby there framed. Yeah, I remember that. I, I remember when that was the – that was kind of like – that was kind of like the big – brag right the what do they call it today um some flex like, you mean yeah yeah yeah. Flex. Yeah, yeah yeah that was the flex yeah as soon as you entered the training lobby that was like right there hey you know what it is a pretty good flex <laughs> now let's just read the dislikes on this one real quick this is the, oh so no it's not <laughs> this is the vogard I don't know if we're pronouncing that right. The likes on this car, Jason, is high-tech chassis and suspension design. Just like the Mugen MBX4. Right. Right you are. Highly tunable suspension, just like the other one. Yep. Centered drivetrain, lots of alloy components, excellent handling designed for racing, extremely rugged. With a name like that, you definitely going to be rugged. Uh, dislikes are the complexity may confuse less experienced builders. Shocks require aftermarket parts to work consistently and chassis has only limited room for electronics. Yeah. We saw that. It was a mess in there. Yeah. And then right underneath that is coming soon. The RC crash in 1999 buyer's guide. Yeah. That's the next thing you had to, had to purchase. Yeah. And that thing was like massive. 
dislike future parts supply. <laughs> and then we get to the Trinity Paradox Rebuildable Stock Motor. Which this is basically another ad. Um, you know, this is the ad when you when you purchased a lot of advertisements in the magazine, then you get this, which is a first look, which is basically another ad for the product. So the paradox design is based on Trinity's Midnight Two, which guess who named the Midnight? Oh yeah, that was the that was this the, guy right here. That was the best. That was the best name. I wasn't part of Paradox because I was like, what the hell is a Paradox? <laughs> paradox. Where was I on this? According to Trinity, the Midnight 2 was originally designed to have a removable end bell, but the design complexities compelled Trinity to release the Midnight 2 with a fixed end bell. So then we came out with the Paradox. Hmm. Best John Bolton saying the best stock motor name ever was Midnight. And he, he says, thank you, Gotti, for that. He just says the best stock motor ever was the Midnight. Oh, you didn't have to ruin it. You know, people listening in audio don't see that. <laughs> um, so we got a Paradox rebuild stock motor. Then there's the interview with Ernie off here, off to the side here. See this? Oh, I see it. And the reason why we came out with this motor, Ernie says, is uh, we want to – Cherney has set and wants to continue to set the trends in RC. We want to hold on to our leadership position. So uh, people have so many outside family costs and RC products are introduced every week and their prices continuously rise. We feel people should be able to enjoy their hobby and be able to afford it. Stock racing is supposed to be the entry level class, but over the years it has become one of the most expensive classes to compete in. We hope the paradox will change this. What's that? And, and it still is. <laughs> That's true. And what you guys tell me, Jesus. Modified is the easiest class to race and the least expensive. So, how would it reduce the cost? Ernie saying, "Well, to start with, you don't have. You can buy a replacement armature for a list price of twelve ninety nine, anywhere from ten fifty to nine dollars street price. You can also buy separate motor cans." bushings the big key is the paradox will run no quicker than a midnight two so it does not make the current stock motor obsolete the paradox should be allowed to race with other world legal motors i'd like to know the 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 amount of time between when the paradox this that paradox came out and then the next better motor you had to have after that you know so there's yeah, so was there the Paradox, and then when did the Paradox Pro come out? How soon was it? Uh, it was right behind it. Because if you remember, like, at, we debuted it at night at the Chicago show in 99 also. Mm-hmm. So you had to explain the Paradox and the Paradox Pro to people and the differences. So I think they launched basically at the same time. Yeah, what I'm what I'm wondering is is – do I really want to rebuild my paradox because there's a new better motor coming out in two months anyway that I have to buy. So, you know what I'm saying? You don't really, yeah, need, like, you don't really need to work on it because you're going to buy the next greatest motor anyway. So 
Um, and actually, the idea, and this is true too, I remember this. Um, the idea behind the paradox uh, came from Tech Talk and the readers on the uh, website there. Um, they, Ernie's saying that uh, they proposed the idea over a year ago and gave us a lot of great ideas, pros and cons. From there, Tony P. and Mike Wood at Trinity spent countless hours designing the paradox with our motor company in Japan. I think they came up with a concept that is even more revolutionary than the Midnight 2. I just hope that this motor will change the way stock racing is regarded in this country and around the world. But that, that part is true. It was in Tech Talk and uh, actually came well, from the readers back then. That was a good thing. Good thing to watch. And then here's your, on the next page, the four-wheel drive sport touring car section. Oh, Jake Ingstrom, you're absolutely right. We need to review the car action issue with the 96 Nats in it. There we go. We got the 96 Nats in. We do need that one. Um, Nick is saying, I just dug a Midnight 2 out of one of my parts bins. Made me think of you, Gotti. You know what you need, Gotti? You need either the Midnight motor itself or, like, the ad for the Midnight. You got to frame it. Well, I do. I, I really do. And here's the thing, though. Um, stashed away in my garage. I have to go through these bins. But I know I have, I, I think you would call them from the Chicago show, the placards, I think you would call it, like the little cardboard standee thing that you put on top of the... Yep. I, I have I have a few of those. I have the Kenwald one where he was like the Terminator. Yeah. Um, Dirtinator. So I have mm-hmm. that one somewhere. Um, and I do, I, I, I have some of the motor stuff. I have the Matt Francis one. Um, the Matt Francis, uh, parts. I have that one. Um, I got to check and see what motors I have. I definitely should have the midnight one. That'd be awesome. Since I named the damn motor. That's right. Nick is saying the January 97 issues, the one that covers the 96 Nats. Okay. Uh, Mike Woods is asking what was after the paradox is slot machine too, man. I can't remember. I don't know, man. It's weird. Like you're starting to lose memory on this stuff. <laughs> God. Well, it was, you know, 24 years ago. Yeah. Too many chair shots to the head. Yeah. All right. Um, here you go, Jason. We got the uh, sport touring car guide here. This is the FSR bullet sport. And man, I don't remember these at all. I don't know anything about any of these cars. Nothing. We'll just skip this one. GHI Roadrunner Express Junior. Wow. Slot Machine 2 was like 93. Yeah, that that's... Yeah, definitely. Lay Down Brushes. Um, P2K. Yeah, it was the P2K. That's what I was thinking. Wow. Thinking back on this stuff is hard, man. I like Mike Woods. Green Machine 3. 3D Fire Chicken. The ugliest logo ever. Which the they really had a Firehawk was the name of the actual motor, and I thought it was the ugliest logo they put on that motor. Um, I think they even had a T-shirt that said Firehawk on it. It was really ugly. We'll just zip through the touring car set. We're actually getting to the end of the magazine, Jason. It's not as long as you think here, but really. And here's your Peterbilt truck. Peterbilt. Right. Um, truck action. P2K and then the Green Machine 3. 
And I got to check with Kirby on this, but the Green Machine 3, I'm not sure how we came up with that name either. Well, you had Green Machine, and then you just added a 3. <laughs> well, the Green Machine uh, the green machine itself, like, I don't know, because we used to have a, uh, a couch at the Trinity apartment called the Green Machine because it was this ugly green couch that looked like it was from the 70s. And that's what I slept on. <laughs> you know, I thought the green machine was a cool, cool name. It just was an ugly motor with all that green on it. Yeah. And it was like not fluorescent green, which was cool in those days. It was like, you know, the lime green. Yeah. Type. Yeah. Like if it was anodized green, um, it would be really nice. John Bolton saying the Firehawk was a turd, Jason. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> uh, Mike Woods is asking, was it Dieter's couch? It might have been. I don't know. It was there when I got there. So <laughs> um, so no interest in this Peter Peterbilt truck here, Jason? No. All right. Well, let's cruise through that. Then you had a uh, section here with um, Team Orion had their uh, motor tech uh, section give you tips and tricks for your motor. This was kind of the, I think team Losi started this where they had like a tech tip column. And I thought was pretty clever on their part. Um, and obviously at some point Orion came in and, and wanted to do the same type of thing. And it was an ad you had to pay for that, but it was a tip to the customer brought, brought by you. Um, Brought to you by, and you know, you can see right at the top it says advertisement. Right. With Oscar Jansen. Yeah, the guy was a badass in, in the, you know, the motor uh, battery um, days of RC. Uh, he's still around. I think he's involved with the company with uh, uh, Adrian Bertine. Um, they have, I believe they're working together on a, the company Ronald Falk's racing for right now. All right. All right. We'll go to the next page here. We have, uh, the racers news, which I used to like this section. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you were a racer, uh, to me, I remember going, going to this and feeling like, yeah, I remember feeling like this was where you wanted to go to as a racer. And they have an interview interview here with Rick Howard. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, what page are we on here? We're on page 64. We're nearing the end, Jason. Um, that's actually a pretty in-depth interview here. A lot of questions. Yeah, I loved these. I mean, this was my favorite part of the magazine, you know, the innovator at work. Um, and, uh, you know, they go, there, there was a racer, you know, this racer spotlight or whatever it was that they would do here. Yeah, and they're asking them questions about peak performance. And I can't remember if this was the time, it had to be very soon after that, that he started 
working at Orion. Uh, I believe Pete got purchased by Orion and he kind of started running both of the uh, companies. Um, and then we got the Trinity released uh, polarized brushes. Um, MIP's uh, tune-up, nitro tune-up set up here. And then look at this next one, Jason. Look at this uh, racer profile mm-hmm. interview with our boy Jason Rona, age 21 in 1999. Oh, man. 21. Team associated Reedy driver Jason is well known as a competitive RC racer, and he recently began his career with ProLine as an engineering assistant. He is actively involved with design and development of new tires and other racing products. I had to talk to Jason. I had a chance to talk to Jason at the Proline Reedy RC Car Action Endless Summer Classic is when this took place. I remember the race. Um, age 21, years racing seven at that time. Occupation, research and development for Proline USA. Seems like that seven years is kind of off, but yeah. Um, hometown, Redlands, California. I guess First RC car, Tamiya Cloudbuster. I started at the end of 1990, so 91, 92, 93, 94. Uh, maybe the interview took place in 98. Maybe, yeah. Nick is saying, look at those frosted tips. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if it was before or after that, you know, when we all went blonde back then. Um, but yeah, that was the cool thing to do. Uh, favorite, uh, racing class, modified truck, favorite track, Lake Park in Tampa, Florida. That's right. Favorite race, Florida Winter Champs. Mm-hmm. Dude, those were all still pretty accurate too, except for the probably the modified trucks, not my favorite class anymore. But uh, major victory, second place at two different nationals, placed second three times at the Florida Winter Champs, and a main finalist at the '96 Off Road Worlds. Yeah, it should be '97 and '99 Worlds actually. But- so yeah, it hadn't happened yet. So ninety nine hadn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're this is January ninety nine. So yeah. What else do you like to do when you're not working or racing? Back then, Jason said I like basketball a lot, so I play as often as I can. There you go. And I'm and I'm not very good. <laughs> Shocking. Or, or I wasn't very good. I guess you could. Say. Were you wearing Jordans when you were playing? Probably not. No. Yeah, probably not in those days. Uh, what drivers do you most enjoy competing against? And Jason says, uh, I enjoy competing against any driver who has a good attitude about racing. Hmm. That's, That's still kind of hold a true. really correct answer. Okay. Uh, what, is it, what is it like to work with Scott Hughes, the squirrel? Is he still a madman? Jason says, Scott is pretty much out of control most of the time. He's always funny and keeps everyone laughing. On the other hand, he also knows his job responsibilities and he's good at getting the job done. 
Yeah, which is true. It's probably still true today. I like this right here. Um, you must still practice quite a bit since you're always fast whenever you do race. How often do you practice and where do you usually go to race? Uh, Jason says, actually, I spent very little time practicing or club racing because most of my attention was focused on my job at ProLine. I just didn't feel practicing was making the best use of my time. But I'm glad to know you think I'm still fast. There you go. The biggest issue back then was it wasn't that I I didn't like the track. You know, M&M Raceway was the hot track. And uh, where Ken Wald and all of his buddies raced, it was an indoor track where you were running slicks. And I hated running slicks back then. Mm. And like today, every all the racing is on slicks, and we've got cars built for that. But back then, I wanted to race outdoors. I still want to race outdoors, but back then, I, I still wanted to race outdoors. I missed my Florida-style tracks, and the only track that really reminded me of Florida was the Ranch Pit Shop, which was Losey's track. And they didn't really run a lot of, I guess... 10 scale buggy back then. I think they did more gas truck. And I, I know a lot of people did race there at the ranch and it, but that was the closest track that felt like home to me and everything else. I, I, I didn't really like, I thought I was going to like it when I moved there, but at the end, I never really liked them. I liked the outdoor tracks and then it kind of turned, then it kind of turned the touring car. So at that time, it was a big generational switch where we were, you know, it was off-road, outdoor racing um, for me in Florida and other parts of the country, and then turning to indoor in California. Touring car hit. We got into that. Associated made the TC3, which is all part of this issue, um, and had to get into touring car, start racing some of that parking lot wise than developing tires in that category trying to be competitive which was very difficult at the time with yokomo made good tires uh in touring car pit shimizu was another um uh, was another one and um they, they dominated in touring car tires back then and so racing in that class tires were huge that's where control tires became so popular because you could, I mean, you could do this in any class, but in on-road in particular, in touring car, you could dominate by having a tire that nobody else could get. And that's why it went to control tires so quickly in touring car, because um, that side of it really got out of control. And, you know, like Masami, when Masami would show up with his Yokomo tires and pitch Shimizu, and he did, he almost went exclusively to being an on road touring car driver. He was so tough. So, so tough. Um, Larry Tom's asking, what tires did you work on at ProLine? Um, like the one we talked about earlier, the Masher 2000, the um, Super Square Fuzzies. We did, um, radius rib front tire which won the worlds in 99 actually this that year 99 the radius rib fronts i think they were called 
we had a tire called the Slash um, that we worked on. Um, a bunch of wheels, uh, the dish velocity wheels for stadium trucks, um, the buggy, 10 scale buggies, stubbles. Yep. Worked on those. Um, were some of the, a lot of touring car stuff was happening at that time. So there was many different variations of touring car tires, low profile stuff. Um, they did, they had a compound called H13. I remember being kind of involved in testing some of that. A lot of wheels in, in touring car. There was um, three or four different ones. Um, and so that was uh, a lot of wheels. Did a lot of wheels. Uh, the T Max didn't quite hit yet. That would have been a big, a big thing, but it didn't. But it worked on a lot of bodies too. Uh, a lot of uh, the, the body for the the Deja Vu they called them for the. 10 scale buggies, a lot of the truck bodies, that stampede, the wrestler, the um, the touring car stuff. Wow. It's um, a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of definitely a lot of projects. Yeah. Uh, John Bolton's asking, how do you pick new tire compounds? How many hours goes into it? I mean, it's it's kind of a there's a lot of kind of proprietary information with the, with tire compounds. And I mean, when we started, you know, we, we went through about 12 or 13 different compounds before we got to where we wanted to be um, in 10 scale off-road. And then, you know, obviously you go from there, but it took about 12 or 13 to get pretty close uh, to start. And, Touring car, I don't think Proline ever got there in touring car, never got the belted tire right and never got the compound quite right. And But it was close, and they ran many races with them, and um, it was just an interesting time period, that 99-2000 area, um, racing on asphalt and carpet on on-road. That was a tough um, – it was, it was hard to have everything right. You had to race on carpet, be competitive. You had to race on asphalt, be competitive. So you had many of these battles going on in those days, which is the bodies. You know, you had the Losi, you had the Stratuses, you know, the Andes Stratus, the Losi Stratus. You had the, um, you know, you did have the, uh, what was the other one? Uh, the Protoform Stratus. Uh, those were the, the dominating ones there at the beginning. So you were chasing the body part of it. You were chasing the tire part of it. And then the wheels, I remember we were the first one to make a dish wheel for touring car. Um, and that was, uh, a pretty big thing because now, you know, pretty much, you know, it went almost exclusively to dish wheels in touring car as well. So I remember having my first TC three with a protoform Stratus, um, you know, velocity wheels on it with the newest Proline tire. And it was like you had the body, the tire, and the wheel. 
1999 and he kind of felt like, all right, we're kind of covering this class pretty well and doing well at the races. Mark Pavitas was a badass. Um, did pretty good. Uh, Justin Doyle saying Jason, did the eight scale buggy wheel get a name update bullet to mono? Yeah, I think we were trying to, it, it should have been mono a long time ago. Um, but it initially it was called bullet cause it had two separate sets of holes in the wheel on different diameters. And then we eliminated one set of holes and never really changed the name, but they really should all be mono wheels. Uh, then up here in the right-hand corner, we've got Mark Pavitas ties the knot. September 26, 1998, Mark Pavitas gets married. And Justin Doyle saying, uh, I believe it was Doyle saying up here. Yes, uh, Pavitas looks older then, there than he does now. Yeah, it's funny. You know, he's um, in, in that picture. He's probably, you know, if I was 20, I think I was actually older than 21 here. So because of the time difference between when the magazine comes out. But I would say Mark is probably four years older than me, maybe around there. Right. I think he's 50. He's almost, he's 49 or 50. So, um, so there you go. He was, you know, in his mid twenties right there. But um, I was actually at that wedding. Oh, you were? Yeah. I was, um, one of his, um, one of the bridesmaids. I wasn't a bridesmaid. What do they call you? A groomsman? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I think I try not to think about it's five, right? It's five people. So it's your best man, which was Chris McElroy. His, yeah. his best man was Chris McElroy. And then, uh, Scott Hughes must've been Richard Saxton, me and probably Darren Westman which was uh, Mike Reedy's son. So I think that was the five guys in his wedding. Maybe Jimmy Jacobson. I can't remember. Uh, so it was five or six of us. And yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a nice wedding. Um, there was a, I remember the reception. There was some cake throwing. Oh, nice. Um, Susan getting all mad at Scott Hughes for throwing and throwing cake and getting it all over the dance floor. <laughs> well, that's all part of the fun. It is. That's supposed to be right. Right. Um, so then we go, I've still got race racer news section or telling you how to adjust your rear toe in to your Tamaya TAO three. <laughs> that car was a really crazy looking car. Justin Doyle's got a question here about when would we run the recon versus the rehab tire? Oh, yep. Recon versus rehab. I think in general, the, the track is cleaner when you're running the rehab. It's just a much cleaner track condition. The recon, it seems like you either have a light amount of loamy parts going on the track maybe a little bumpier, a little more irregular stuff going on on the surface. Uh, the rehab's more like when it's a clean surface. And the recons, they're really a strange looking tire, but have worked. They've had a, a lot more 
um, in a they work in a more of a variety of conditions than I would have ever thought. Uh, next page is the Kyosho Off-Road Fuel Challenge in Waldorf, Maryland. Big names were there like Richard Saxon, Chris Moore, Doug Von Mosch, and Dave Henry. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't go to that race. I didn't do as many of the races there at that time period, but yeah, this was a big time. I mean, obviously you see Richard there, um, who was the king of gas truck at that time, and maybe even the king of eight scale, but um those it was a pretty good time. But you can see how how um, how small they made these race write-ups um, at this point. You know, they're really truncating the whole thing. Yeah, it's two pages. You know, back in the old days, they would be many pages for a race write-up. But I want to say, I, I can't really see it, but maybe that's, there could be a, Maybe Jared Tebow starting to pop in here. I can't. There's one little guy here with a associated shirt, but um, got to be getting close to the time when Jared starts getting in here. I do not see him in the results, but okay. uh, yeah. And now we're getting near the end here. This is the readers' ride section. Is that what the oh readers? Of the ride must be must be ride of the month. And there's uh, there's your Ford truck, Jason, with a plow on the front end of it. Yeah, that, that's a that's a eighty four to eighty six body style there. I remember. And this is the first look section, and they're giving you a first look at the Yokomo YR four M two Pro, a factory ride that you can own. I remember this car. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I had one of these, but this was probably being run when we were running the uh, TC3. Uh, we had a question earlier back there. I think I missed it. Uh, uh, Max Tech, they asked who was behind Max Tech. The, the guy's name was Super Rat. I don't know. I can't pronounce his last name, but his first name, everybody called him Super Rat. Super Rat. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. John Bolton's asking, who was the guy who, who always had a parrot? He had a motor company. The Birdman. Is that, is that what his name was? The Birdman? I think so. The Birdman. <laughs> that's, a, that's the only way we knew him? The Birdman? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, Titan Tech making stuff there for the RC10 GT on that page. Yeah, and then eventually, those, those are the parts I was talking about right there earlier that they made that that engine mount that braced the chassis um and then the 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 top the uh, transmission brace uh, that mounted in uh you know three sets of locations as opposed to the two that was on the associated truck so those were actually really good parts to have on your truck um, and then Product Watch, ProLine's Dirt Hog Buggy Tires. Oh, that was another tire I worked on. And that's it, because then we get to the track directory. Which was kind of nice, you know, inclusion in every, 
you know, and everyone, you know, they had to come up with that code there, which was kind of interesting. The key to the symbols, you know. Oh, used, yeah, I used to look them up and like, oh, that track has, uh, you know, carpet, on-site hobby shop, AC power. <laughs> um, Kyle Chasen wants to know, Jason, if you have any connections with some RC friends in Japan. Asking for a friend. He does not. Next. Masami. <laughs> Masami's from Japan. Um, Hiroshi Suzuki. He still works at uh, Yatabi Arena. Yokomo, I believe. Oh, cool. I'll um, more, more than that, but those are the ones off the top of my head. Uh, Alex Sturgeon saying that the Nebraska ones were always wrong. I could see mm. I mean, if you look at this, it's not just the track directory in the United States. This was a world track directory. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm seeing right here. Look at this. Israel, Kuwait. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't even remember, I don't even remember looking at this when it had this much detail. And I think that is the end. That is officially the end of the RC Car Action 1999 edition. That was fun. Uh, why did you pick this one, Gotti? Because uh, Jason Ronan was in it. I thought it'd be pretty cool to, you know, our boys in it got the interview, so we knew. I knew I was getting to it, and uh, I thought it would just be fun. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the next one then, uh, Jason. Uh, hopefully next week we we're doing pretty good. We're staying on course. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, if I'm still here this week, we could do another one. Talk about the current events. We got a couple of cool things that just happened. So. And see you fans. Ripheads, right? See ripheads. Fans and ripheads. <laughs> yes, you put it succinctly. Suck what? Succinctly means perfect. Oh, yeah. Well, I do that.